Well, my friends, I want to invite you now to turn, turn in your Bible to Titus chapter 3, beginning at verse 4, in preparation for the message. Titus chapter 3, beginning at verse 4. As you're turning there, just want to say that this, this past Friday evening, our, our youth group went bowling. How many of you enjoy bowling? How many of you sometimes bowl? Let's see. So a few of you do, yeah. Well, did you hear or have you heard about the ministers, the pastors who formed a bowling team? Have you heard about them? No? Well, they formed this bowling team and the ministers called themselves the Holy Rollers. The <laughs> Holy Rollers. Oh, does, either you don't get it or it just doesn't bless you. <laughs> oh, amen. All right. God bless you. My friends, the Lord has a unique way of using the Bible to impact our lives. And today, as you and I receive communion, the Lord's Supper, I want to invite you to truly be encouraged. Be encouraged and, and uh, rejoice over the truth that we're about to discover from our Holy Bible. If you look at Titus 3, verse 4 to 8, here's what it says. When God our Savior revealed his kindness and love, he saved us. He saved us not because of the righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy, he washed away our sins, giving us a new birth, a new life through the Holy Spirit. He generously poured out the Spirit upon us through Jesus Christ our Savior. Because of his grace, he declared us righteous and gave us confidence that we will inherit eternal life. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this beautiful portion of your scripture, scripture that encourages us. We are going to be greatly encouraged as we reflect upon the beautiful truth as we prepare for the Lord's Supper today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. My friends, our theme today is simply be encouraged as you receive the Lord's Supper. Be encouraged as you receive the Lord's Supper. And the first truth I want to direct your attention to is this. All right, anyone making notes? Number one, be encouraged on account of God's kindness and love for you and me. Amen? By, by the way, Reverend, Reverend Douglas, you can take my outline and, and improve it and preach it in your church, brother. And no charge, free, free. Okay, Brother, Brother Douglas? All right. Now, this truth obviously comes out from verse 4. Read verse 4 with me from the big screen. When God our Savior revealed his kindness and love. Now, this part of our Bible was originally written in Greek. And the Greek word, Christotis, Christotis, which is translated kindness or goodness, here is very, very beautiful. It's very marvelous. It means or refers to that spirit which is so kind 
That spirit which is so kind that it is always eager to give whatever gift may be necessary. Did you get that? It refers to, 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 to that, that, that spirit which, which is so kind that it is always eager to give whatever gift may be necessary. It produces not only warm feelings, but also it produces generous action at all times. Think about this. Think about it. God was eager to give himself in the person of Jesus to die on the cross. He was willing to give himself in the person of Jesus to die on the cross because it was necessary for him to pay the price for your sins and yours and yours and yours up in the balcony and yours for your sins, radio listeners. He gave himself because someone had to pay the price for your sins and mine. Verse 4 says as well, when God our Savior revealed his kindness and love. John 3.16 tells us, for God so loved the world, that's you and me, that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth on him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And 1 John 4, 9 declares, God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only Son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Hallelujah. Amen. And Revelation chapter 1 verse 5 says, All glory to him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by shedding his blood for us. So my friends, as we prepare to take the Lord's Supper today, I want to invite you to be encouraged. Encouraged by God's kindness and love for you and for me. And may God's kindness, may God's kindness and love inspire you and me to also show an abundance of kindness and love towards others. Think about it. This week, this week in your life and mine, is there someone, is there someone specifically that maybe you need to, I need to, that we ought to, is there someone that you or I need to especially show some kindness and love towards? An act of love and kindness that may make a world of difference to someone this very week. Amen? All right, here's a second point of encouragement as we prepare to receive the Lord's Supper. Read it from the big screen with me, all right? Be encouraged over how we are saved from our sins, not because of our good deeds, but because of God's mercy. Uh, the first part of verse 5 says, He saved us. Read it with me. He saved us not because of the righteous things we have done, but because of His mercy. What, what is mercy? We use it sometimes, but... What is mercy? 
In this context, mercy is compassion shown towards someone who has offended you. All right? You see it on the screen. Mercy is compassion shown towards someone who has offended you. Our own sins had offended God. Our sins offended God to the extent that Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. We are saved from our sins, not because of our good deeds, but it is because, as Titus 3, verse 5 says, because of God's mercy. We are saved because of God's compassion for you and me, even though our sins had offended him. I'm reminded of Ephesians chapter 2, 8 and 9, which in the New Living Translation, and by the way, the uh, scripture that I read to you today is from the New Living Translation. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 declares, God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift of God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done, so none of us can boast about it. Right? It is the gift of God, so none of us can boast about it. We can't say, oh, I earned my way into heaven. I, I was good enough to get into heaven. No, it is by the grace of God. Think about this. God has shown you and me incredible mercy, which is, which is compassion towards someone who has offended you. That's what it is. Is it possible, is it possible that someone has recently offended you? And do you need to show mercy towards him? or her, or towards some organization. Amen? Here's a third beautiful truth that will encourage you as we prepare for communion. Read it out loud. Be encouraged because the Lord has washed away our sins. The middle part of verse 5 says, He washed away our sins. Acts 22, verse 16 declares, Have your sins washed away by calling on the name of the Lord. 1 Corinthians 6, 11 declares, But you were cleansed, you were cleansed, you were made holy, you were made right with God by calling on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. In 2 Peter 1.9, they have been cleansed from their old sins. Some years ago, a song written by the name of, uh, a song was written by a gentleman named uh, Elisha Hoffman. Uh, Hoffman was reflecting uh, upon how because Jesus shed his blood on the cross of Calvary and uh, and that his sins and our sins were washed away, uh, Elisha was trying to come up with some way of really expressing what he was 
what, what was being felt in the heart. And Elisha wrote the hymn, Are you washed? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you washed? And, and it says, Have you been to Jesus for the cleansing power? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are, are you fully trusting in His grace this hour? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? And then the chorus declares, Are you washed in the blood, in the soul-cleansing blood of the Lamb? Are your garments spotless? Are they white as snow? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? And then the second verse says, Are you daily, are you walking daily by the Savior's side? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Do you rest each moment in the crucified? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Third verse, when the bridegroom cometh, will your robes be white? Will your soul be ready for the mansions bright and be washed in the blood of the Lamb? Lay aside the garments that are stained with sin. That there's a fountain flowing for the soul unclean. Oh, be washed in the blood of the Lamb. Amen. Amen. Another songwriter, Robert Lowry, got blessed thinking about how his sins were washed away as well. And, and, and Mr. Lowry came up with that other wonderful song we sing on occasion. What can wash away my sin? What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No other fount I know. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Thus verse says, This is all my hope and peace. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. This is all my righteousness. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No other fount I know, nothing but the blood of Jesus. Amen. Amen. I wasn't planning to sing a solo today. Uh, it just kind of happened, all right? So, so, be encouraged because the Lord has washed away our sins. Then fourthly, be encouraged over how the Lord has given us a new spiritual birth through the Holy Spirit. The latter part of verse 5 in Titus chapter 3 says, He washed away our sins, giving us, here it is, giving us a new birth and new life through the Holy Spirit. Yes? And then verse 6, verse 6. All right. Let me look out in my Bible here. Verse 6. Oh, we got it on the screen. Read it together. Read it together. All right. He generously poured out the Spirit upon us through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Oh, read it again. Read it again. He generously poured out the Spirit upon us through Jesus Christ, our Savior. My friends, these words remind me, they remind me of a conversation Jesus had with Nicodemus, who, um, who is recorded, which is recorded in the Gospel of John, chapter 3. Let me just quickly turn to it. 
Uh, John 3, beginning at verse 3, Jesus replied to Nicodemus, Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. What do you mean, exclaimed Nicodemus? How can an old man go back into his mother's womb and be born again? Jesus replied, I assure you no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of the water, born of water and the Spirit. Humans can reproduce only human life, but the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. So don't be surprised when I say you must be born again. You must be born again. Praise God. All of us. All of us had a time when we were born physically. It's our birthday, right? That's our birthday. And when we repent of our sins, believe that Jesus died to pay the price for our sins, when we believe Jesus has washed away our sins, as Jesus said, we are born again. We are born again. It is the time of our spiritual birth. It is our spiritual birthday. And so the question is, have you had your own spiritual birthday? Amen? Are you born again? You can make your decision today to start your spiritual birthday. You can repent of your sins today. You can step, step forward and say, Lord, today I choose to ask you to forgive me of my sins. I repent of my sins. And I have a desire, Lord, to have you change my life in the direction you want me to go. And Lord, I want to truly be born again. And I want this day to be my spiritual birthday. Amen. Be encouraged over how the Lord has given us or can give you a new spiritual birth through his Holy Spirit. Here's a fifth beautiful truth to encourage us. Number five, be encouraged over how God has declared us righteous. This is stated in the first part of verse 7 where it says, Because of his grace, he declared us righteous. What does it mean? What does it mean to be declared righteous? Ultimately, it means we have a right relationship with God. That's what it means. When we're declared righteous, it means ultimately we have a right relationship with God. We have been reconciled to God. Romans 5 verse 1 says, Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. If you believe Jesus has saved you from your sins, if you have faith, that the Lord has washed away your sins, if you know that you have a, a spiritual birth and you are born again, you are declared righteous. You're declared righteous. 
And so as you and I, as we receive communion today, be encouraged. Be encouraged over the fact that in God's sight, you are righteous. You stand before him or you sit before him declared righteous. Praise God. Praise God indeed. And then, my friends, number six, number six, be encouraged over our confidence that we have eternal life. The latter part of verse seven, start at verse seven at the beginning. Because of his grace, he declared us righteous and gave us confidence that we will inherit eternal life. Let's, let's read that in unison together from the big screen. Okay, come on. Because of his grace, he declared us righteous and gave us confidence that we will inherit eternal life. Ah, isn't that beautiful? Doesn't matter, doesn't matter whether someone lives down in Guyana or the other beautiful Caribbean islands or somewhere else in the world or all the way down in Uganda, in Africa somewhere. We can be, people can be declared righteous and, and we can be encouraged over our confidence that we have eternal life. Amen? Amen. We have a, a place in heaven. Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 16 declares, Believe in him, Christ, and receive eternal life. 1 John 5, 11, And this is what God has testified. He has given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. And 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 4 declares, We have a priceless inheritance, an inheritance that is kept in heaven for you, and you, and you, and you, and you, and you. We have a priceless inheritance kept in heaven for you, says the word of God. Yesterday, I held, I officiated the funeral service for a dear, a dear mother and grandmother at 9.30 in the morning at a particular funeral home here in the city. And then um, at 1 o'clock, I was able to get back here to our own sanctuary. I had the privilege of officiating another funeral service for another dear mother and grandmother. Some of you have known her, Pastor Trudy's mother, Gloria Nanton. The good news is, the good news is both of those ladies knew that they had eternal life. They knew that they were righteous in God's sight. They had peace with God. And they, they had been ready ready to meet their maker. They were ready for heaven. And so, my friends, it's important, it's critical that each one of us be ready to go to heaven and live eternally with Jesus. Are you ready? We never know when our time on earth is going to come to an end. And you and I have to be ready to meet the Lord at any time. Dr. William Barclay, one of my favorite Bible commentators, 
writes these words in his commentary on Titus. Dr. Barclay says, there is the hope of even greater things. He's commenting about verse 7, and he's commenting about having confidence that we will inherit eternal life. There is the hope of even greater things. Christians, he says, are men and women for whom the best is always still to come, still to be. They know that however wonderful life on earth with Christ may be, the life to come will be greater still. Christians are people who know the wonder of the forgiveness of past sins, the thrill of present life with Christ, and the hope of the greater life which is yet to come. Therefore, as you take communion today, church family, be encouraged. Be encouraged. Amen? Be encouraged. On account of these six reasons. There are many more reasons, but just, just focusing on this brief passage of Scripture. Read with me these six reasons that we've just gone through. Be encouraged on account of God's kindness and love for you and me. Number two, be encouraged over how we are saved from our sins, not because of our good deeds, but because of God's mercy. Number three, be encouraged because the Lord has washed away our sins. Number four, be encouraged over how the Lord has given us a new spiritual birth through the Holy Spirit. Number five, be encouraged over how God has declared us righteous. Number six, be encouraged over our confidence that we have eternal life, a place in heaven. Amen, amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for wonderful, wonderful encouragement from your holy word. And now I want to ask you to bow your head with me. Amen. I want to make sure that you are ready to receive the Lord's Supper. And so, if as yet, if as yet you have not experienced the truth that we've just spoken of, I want to invite you to pray this prayer after me if it expresses your heart's desire. Pray this prayer right where you are. Dear Lord, Thank you. Thank you for your kindness and love, which certainly encourages me when I think about it. Yes. Thank you, Lord, for how I can be saved from my sins, not because of my good deeds, not because I can ever become good enough, but because of your mercy, O oh God. And on this Sunday, Lord, I come before you and I seek your mercy as I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Forgive me, Lord. I have been a sinner. I have done wrong. And I ask you to forgive me. I believe I can be forgiven because Jesus shed his blood on the cross and paid the price for my sins, not only mine, but everyone else's. And today, I repent of my sins. I put my faith and trust in Jesus, 
as Savior and Lord of my life. And I want to, Lord, honor you and please you. I don't want to leave you out of my life any longer. Come into my heart. Come into my life. Make me and mold me into the person you want me to be and to become. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for giving to me the promise of heaven as I repent of my sins and believe in Christ. Thank you for the promise of heaven, eternal life, by grace, your amazing grace. In Jesus' name I pray, amen, amen, amen.